It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. This is Boyd Matheson, Opinion Editor at the Deseret News. It is great to be with you today. Uh, as we continue to march through all the uh, political messes that are going on, uh, and again, I, I don't care if you're a hardcore Democrat or a hardcore Republican or anything in between, the the thing we have to get to is when are we going to talk about the principles that the country's founded on and the policies that will actually help get the right result? And the right result is how we make sure we have upward mobility for those in poverty how we have real opportunity uh, for those in the middle class, and how and how do we end the special perks and privileges for the wealthy and the well-connected? It's pretty simple. Uh, and looking at and understanding what's the proper role of government in that, of course, government has a role to play. But we're not finding any of that in the shouting matches that we're seeing on the Democratic side of the aisle as they try to get to their nominee. Uh, we're also not seeing anything in, the, in terms of tweets and uh, social media activity. That's elevating that kind of conversation. But there's a reason that's that's working, and we'll talk about that uh, coming up here at 1150. We're going to break down what the American people are actually saying with these kinds of votes and what they're actually looking for in terms of leadership. And uh, as you know, leadership is, uh, is one of my uh, pet projects uh, really throughout my life and uh, very excited right now to be joined on the uh, line by David Schramm uh, from Utah State University. Uh, he is in the uh, he is the family scholar at, at Utah State University and uh, has done some just really extraordinary work. Uh, David, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me on. Well, let's let's dive right into this. I I've spent uh, more of my career in the the business side, dealing with culture and strategy and change in in organizations. And uh, you've done some really interesting research connecting this whole idea around family. Uh, into the culture of organizations. Tell us where that started. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's interesting because I'm a family scholar and haven't had any business-type classes, but I, I really wanted to, uh, I started looking at family, and families, they really meet, you know, these three fundamental needs of safety, satisfaction, and connection. And then it was really passing several of these billboards on I-15 and and saying, wow, that's interesting. Some of their marketing messages including the word like family and home. And so I thought, huh, I wonder the workplace can also meet these three needs of safety, satisfaction, and connection. So I did some some research actually looking at the top uh, 346 best places to work in the United States is rated by Inc.com. So that's really where it started. And so what did you what did you find out? I, uh, I'm one of those who believes uh, heavily in this idea of culture, and, and I think you've actually nailed the exact things. And, and what happens in a family happens in the workplace as well, that safety, satisfaction, and connection really are driving principles for so much of our behavior, uh, again, personally or in our professional lives. Uh, so as you studied those uh, best places to work, uh, what were some of the things that jumped out at you? Yeah, it was it was interesting. Each of these uh, best places to work, they had 100 words to describe why they think they're a best place to work. So I started there and really analyzed each of their 100-word summaries. 
And I was actually really amazed at the themes immediately. The top 15 words that they used in their uh, descriptions really aligned with these same three fundamental needs of safety, satisfaction, and connection. But they used words for safety with, you know, they used things like uh, benefits and uh, environment and uh, support and satisfaction. They used words like um, perks and fun. You know, they have fun at these places. But where it really stood out, the top two words actually that were used were they used um, team and culture. And I thought, interesting. Uh, so that these best places to work, they really are doing what families are doing. And they're, they're a safe place, uh, psychologically, emotionally safe. They're enjoyable, they love what they do, and they have great connections. The people, that's really what keeps people there is the, the connections they have. Yeah, I, I, uh, I always say that uh, employees tend not to uh, quit their companies. They tend to quit their bosses uh, or, the, or the culture, uh, which is exactly what you're saying. I, I love this idea of the hundred words. I, I'm, uh, obviously, we're covering a lot of politics today. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm going to change the next debate. I'm going to give each candidate 100 words, and, and then I'm going to invite you to come yeah. in and help me analyze it. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. It'd be a lot more succinct, right? <laughs> uh, well, let's let's look at uh, kind of the ramifications of that. So you you found these uh, one in, within these one hundred words, kind of the top fifteen uh, that really describe those three components. Uh, again, looking at it from your unique perspective, from from family, and then looking across the bridge there to to company culture. Uh, what is it? What is it in the uh, action part of that? We know what the words do. How do you see that manifest? Whether it's in a family or how do you see that uh, being manifest uh, in the business space? Yeah, you, you see it really carry over from the family. I mean, we learn in the family things like uh, you know gratitude, right? In strong families, we know parents express gratitude regularly for a job well done. We know in strong families, there's one-on-one time. In strong families, there's there's fun, right? We do fun, fun activities together. Uh, parents express kindness, and so it's these type of really, really simple little things that happen in families. So I, it was amazing as I actually visited some of these best workplaces, and I saw this playing out from kind of the having the fun, um, uh, the, the connections. You know, these these managers they know them by name, they know about, about their families, um, and so it's it's really uh, uh, really a key to strong cultures is really nailing these three needs. Uh, I, I think that's uh, it's very interesting uh, as you look at that, and I want to start even just with that first component in terms of some of that validation uh, that we talk about in families that uh, you know parents are positive, they're positive reinforcing. Um, but you mentioned in in these workplaces that it's not the broad brush, hey, good job, way to go, hey, that's great. It's it gets down to the specifics, doesn't it? It really does, and it could be. I know some CEOs, for example, who send text messages, right, on, on a one-month anniversary. They've been there uh, working or one year. I know managers who will uh, take them out uh, just for, for lunch, get to know them, get to know their family, their likes, and what's going on in their lives. And it really shows that they care when they're specific, when they make time. Maybe it's a sticky note or it's a phone call just to say, hey, you know, I really appreciate what you did at this. Um, it, it's amazing when you think about one of the surveys that I've seen is about 81% of respondents said that they would work harder for a grateful boss. And 36% said that they've never been thanked by a manager. Mm. I think how simple, right? And, and how sad really that is. But it's the little small things making people feel like they're part of something bigger. Yeah. Oh, and, and I love that. I'm glad you mentioned that being part of something bigger, because to me, that's the real essence of leadership, whether it's at home, 
uh, or whether it's in the workplace. Uh, I've always said that people will work hard for money. Uh, they'll work harder for other people, especially a great leader, and they'll work hardest of all when they're challenged or invited to become part of something bigger than themselves. Give us the application of that, again, from home and then into the workplace. Yeah, and at home, you know, what what are we? Do we have a kind of a mission statement? What do we value? Uh, what's important to us? What drives us? And the same thing holds true in the workplace, that these top workplaces, they have these values. And when I visited some of them, they actually have some of them are painted on the wall. So this is a part of who we are and what we do here. And so they're, they're, it's more than just lip service. They're actually living these um, values in the workplace, and they're, they're showing it. They're showing it with the care, the con- kindness, the concern, the compassion that they have um, day in and day out. But they allow people to contribute as well. They allow for, for creativity. And we know that happiness in the workplace and the neuroscience shows that all the learning centers in the brain are turned on when the brain is positive and happy. So it gives people say, hey, we're going to give you an assignment. We really want you. We trust that you'll do it well and allow them to, to use their creativity, to use their strengths, really, and, and helping move the project forward. And that creates a connection that creates trust and commitment. Uh, that's that's so good. If you're just joining us, uh, we've got uh, David Tram, family scholar at Utah State University, on the line with us, and we're we're talking about this carryover between uh, family, family, and work, family, and the the culture is really what that's uh, that's all about. And uh, David, I wanted to ask you uh, because I I think as we look at this, I used to always say uh, going into a business. Uh, they would talk about their great strategy or they'd talk about the great talent uh, of their people. Uh, and I would always say that that culture, that family, uh, that family culture, you know, eats talent for breakfast <laughs> and, uh, you know, finishes off with, with strategy for dessert because building a culture uh, changes everything in, in an organization. And again, whether that's a family or whether that's a business, uh, it's really the same. It really is because and it's the, these little micro, I call them micro experiences that create culture. Culture is kind of the, the big word that we hear, but really culture is created by these moments, right? These moments of, of connection, these moments of, of compassion. It's the little things that really create, uh, create the culture. Wow, that's fantastic. Well, David, we appreciate you joining us today. If you if you want to learn more about this, uh, David has a a great TED Talk. This was a TED Talk you gave uh, down in Florida uh, titled Family Fundamentals, The Secret Sauce for Booming Business. It is uh, worth taking some time today to, uh, to check that out. And uh, David, again, appreciate you joining us here on Inside Sources. Great insight uh, in building that winning culture. Yeah, hey, thanks so much for having me on. All right. Again, that's uh, David Tram from uh, Utah State University. Go Aggies. And uh, just some really fascinating things. Again, the the culture within an organization will do more to drive performance and sustain performance over time than anything else. Uh, And it's actually one of the fascinating things as you look at these uh, political campaigns as we come full circle here and get ready for Scott Rasmussen to join us at 1135 uh, that's really what they're trying to do. The The reason Bernie Sanders has some momentum, the reason President Trump won in 2016 was because they created these movements where people felt part of and connected to something bigger than themselves. We'll continue to break that down. We'll step aside for our bottom of the hour break. As I said, stay with us. Scott Rasmussen, Polster, joining us next on Inside Sources right here on KSL News Radio.